When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, this is Anne-Marie back with you again for another exciting show. Now, as a business owner, especially if you're a solopreneur, you're working on your own, you can become quite isolated. So how do you go about building a network of key people who can provide you with the right support? Or what about creating success for yourself, or for that matter, even helping someone else become great? Now, these are all very important questions and questions that today's guest will answer. Now, my guest today is Jen Harwood. She is a recognized business speaker, a small business expert who has consulted with over a thousand business owners throughout Australia and internationally. And she's also an author with her latest book, The Greatness Principle. And on today's show, Jen will give you a true understanding of how to build a support network, help you to navigate life's setbacks and challenges with ease, as well as provide you with strategies on how to deal with life's top 10 challenges and so much more. So welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Look, just for those of you who are listening today, I went and saw Jen present on this particular topic that she's sharing today. And I tell you what, it was just so incredible. And that's why I thought I have to invite her on the show to get her to share her brilliance with you as well. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about how you came up with the greatness principle? Okay. It's actually a good chapter in my book because people have been asking me this a lot. And that was that um, I am a business, I, I started off my whole business as a business coach and working with businesses, increasing their sales and their profits. And I work with one-on-one with business owners. Mm. The challenge that I found, because I've, I've worked now with over 1,100 businesses one-on-one in 15 years. And after about the three or 400th client, I got to a point where some of my clients were hanging on to me. Mm. And we'd done all the business stuff and their business was going really great, but there were other areas or what I call domains in their life that weren't working Mm -hmm. and they weren't letting me go. And that emotional support, that dependency from their point, the attachment, I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Now, I was happy to still coach them, but the conversation had moved significantly from business into personal. And I I got actually quite um, worried because my time and energy was being drained so much by some of these clients and I couldn't figure out why. And I was in the backyard talking to my dad, his name's Bob, and he was dealing with one area of his life and that was my mum. My mum was sick and dying of cancer Mm. and he was supporting her and I was describing 
the experience that I was having with my clients. And he just looked at me and he said, they don't have balance, Jen, hmm. and neither do you. Wow. And I'm like, okay. And he said, and I'm going to let you figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually very excited about this. I wasn't sort of stopped dead in my tracks going, you know, what does that mean? I then went back and looked at the top 100 clients that were quite dependent on me that had moved from the business conversation to the personal conversation. Yes. And I had a look at what they were doing and why they were doing it and the topics we were talking about. And then I looked at the top 100 clients that took all the information and took all the coaching and just nailed it and kept going and what were they focused on. And then I then I looked at the support around each of those groups. And what I found was that the people that were supported, that got great results that didn't need me the same way, they actually had long-term relationships in their life with their spouses and their kids and people in the community. They were well-balanced and grounded. And the the other clients who needed help and used me as a trusted confidant in their world, they did not have enough people around them supporting them. They didn't trust people around them. They wouldn't share what's going on in their life around them. And as a result, they weren't really experiencing greatness in their business, Mm -hmm. although their business got results, they weren't great and awesome, and their personal life wasn't working as well. That's fascinating because how many of us, particularly women, we feel a pressure that when we're not able to do things on our own and we need that support, there's something wrong with us kind of thing or we have that mentality of I can do it on my own. And so what you're saying is such an incredible reminder that hang on a second, if we want to reach a level of greatness, we do need to have key support people around us because we can't achieve that level of greatness that so many of us are striving for, which is is what you're just saying you found through observing your clients yes yeah and you know the other thing too is that lots of people go and set up their own business and they actually leave a group they Mm. leave corporate or they leave a company they've worked for and they go on I can do this better by myself Mm -hmm. and I can give customers a better service or I can create a a team that, that it works more harmoniously or some reason and so they jump out of a group where they've got actually got quite a bit of support and they go out on their own and it's, I've done it. I mean, I'm sure you've done it. We've mm-hmm. all done it. Mm. But at some point, you'll find that if you look at the statistics on small business and, their, and, and failure and success, it's a pretty dubious number. Everybody sort of says it's very high. But yes. I believe that a small business is going to fail or not be successful or not great because the business owner can take that energy of, I'm going to do this on my own, and that'll last them about 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, that sort of surge, if they haven't got a support structure around them to deal with the thinking of the business but the emotional management of the business and the strategies around the business and also making sure there's joy and balance there, mm-hmm. then they're going to fall over. Mm. Yeah. And if it's really successful, how do you manage a lot of money if you've come from a family that's had no money? How do you manage having lots of people around you in your business if you're only used to dealing predominantly with one or two people. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the support and the conversations to support you in your growth and your future development, you'll fall over because you just you're in a place that you've never experienced before and you've got no experience. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about um, social isolation and how it affects entrepreneurs and business owners because so often we're so ingrained in the day-to-day tasks and the things that we need to do that often we don't see 
the evidence right in front of us that's kind of screaming to us, you need to take a step back, you need to get support. So what are some of the things that would be showing up for businesses that would be a great big sign that, hang on a minute, you don't have the right support team behind you? Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favourite conversations. And, again, I've seen this. I've experienced it personally, but I've seen it a lot more with a lot of different clients. So social isolation can look in a number of ways. And by the way, it's not just solopreneurs that experience this. Mm -hmm. The majority of the people that I've worked with are business owners that, you know, have got anywhere from five to a hundred staff. Isn't that interesting? It's not for the individuals that are out there mavericking on their own. It's people that, you know, have got a bit a reasonable size business that might be turning over anywhere from half a million dollars to $20 million. They still experience this. Mm -hmm. So some of the warnings that you can look for, I sort of break it up into into four areas. So emotionally, you know that you're in social isolation because you might be incredibly moody. You might have anxiety of some description. Now, just qualify this, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a psychotherapist or a counsellor or anything sort of trained in that area. But Business owners that are isolated, they get snappy mm-hmm. or, they'll, or they'll get a little bit sad and despondent and they'll pull away and they won't talk to people and they won't talk to staff because it's just too overwhelming. They might get they might get angry. There's a lot of clients that I've dealt with that get they yell and they intimidate and they bully staff because they're just so overwhelmed themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you just had an outburst that's not really you and you would never do something like that in your family, that's a warning sign to say, well, you're, you're out of whack here. Okay. So that's on the emotional side. On the physical side, a lot of clients end up with sicknesses. One of my clients, you know, a couple of them had mild heart attacks. Mm. A lot of them are overweight or obese or, or dealing with uh, diabetes or some sort of autoimmune disease. Now, again, I'm not saying that business causes all of these diseases, but, you know, if I looked at all the, the businesses that didn't have their support structure around them, they were more sick than yes. the people that had support around them. Mm. Mentally, again, you start making really bad decisions. So one decision will end up costing you a lot of money and then there's another one and then there's another one and then a client will sue you because you've made a big mistake. If you've got that kind of drama going on in your business, you you can pretty much safely say that you're making poor decisions and Mm. they're impacting the next poor decision and it's just spiralling down. And then on the other side, looking at it from a spiritual sort of personal joy factor, there is no joy. It's just one mm-hmm. angry bag of bones and you'll make everybody pay for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody comes to you, talks to you, gets your advice because you're just no fun to be with. Mm. And if you're no fun to be with, I usually say to people, when you started this business, you were a lot of fun to be with. There was a lot of energy. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of enthusiasm. People were pointing things out to you. You were taking it. You were doing it. You're not now. Mm. You know, I think what you said about some of those things, you know, the, the the evidence that's showing up, whether it be, you know, kind of physically or emotionally or, or mentally, when we're stressed and often when we're trying to do too, too many things, we don't have the support network, automatically just increases our stress levels. And if we never get an opportunity to step back from that, that continues to impact us and that really can cause us to be physically ill. And so if anyone I'd imagine is is relating to all of those things and kind of saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of across the board on all of those, I can relate to all of those, that mm. kind of means that, well, all of those areas need to be looked at. But even if one or two of those things are showing up for someone you really I would imagine encourage them to look at and we're going to talk about in a moment what the grade eight is to look at 
which one's not there, which one's not supporting you. Because if you don't address it, that can impact the others till all of a sudden you've got kind of, it's showing up negatively across all four of those areas. Is that something that you found in your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What I found is you need, can I talk about the grade eight? Yeah, let's jump into the grade eight. Okay. Okay. So what a, a leader needs to be great is you need eight key relationships that are active in your life. Mm. And these relationships are people that you will actually confide in and, dare I say, be intimate with. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you go and get your clothes off. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Intimacy is actually sharing the real stuff that's going on for you. Mm-hmm. So how you felt about firing somebody, what you're actually thinking about the cash flow, and what that's going to do and the impacts and talking that through with somebody Mm -hmm. or you're making decisions and going down a path and and you're not sure and you doubt yourself and you're not confident and you need to be able to safely share what's going on inside of you with eight key people. And the reason I talk about eight is you can't just rely on one person and a lot of the businesses that I worked with that were experiencing breakdown and and non-greatness would only trust their spouse and or their accountant, mm-hmm. and that was it. Now, you know, pity the spouse. I'm talking men and women in business. So I dealt with husbands that were getting the brunt of women's challenges and he was trying to support her, but he was the only person that she was talking to and vice versa. The, a lot of the wives were working in the in the husband's business as the bookkeeper because he didn't trust anybody with the money, the numbers and the accounts. Mm-hmm. And she dealt with the money, she dealt with managing him and he'd have emotional outbursts and she'd go and fix it all up and do you know what I mean? It was, oh, it was a complete mess. I feel exhausted just listening to you share that story. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I, I, could tell you, I could tell you some stories. Mm. But what an owner and a business leader needs is they need eight relationships around them so that the load of support is shared and it's balanced so that the one person that you've been leaning on that you trust doesn't have to deal with all of it because the thing that we forget is, yes, we need a support structure so that we're great, but the people in our lives that we love, they need one too. Mm -hmm. So if the wife or the husband is supporting the entrepreneur and that's it, then they are overloaded and what I call over-supporting Therefore, they don't have enough time and energy to build their wheel of greatness and get their support. And if you can look at it from a bigger picture, you and your significant other or you and your business partner, because I do this a lot with business partners in business, you both need eight people and your partner slash spouse should be one of them, not all of them. Mm. So if someone's listening today and recognising, okay, well, Jen just said a spouse and accountant, that pretty much sums up the people who I'm transparent with, the people who I really feel safe to open up to. Yeah. What would you say to them would be the first step that they would need to do to start to expand that that network of support? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge that they're doing it, that, mm. that they're, not, they're not actually being open and vulnerable. I like that word, transparent more transparent with people around them. Obviously, the greatness principle talks about eight key relationships, so there's a definition of each one of them. I I don't know how much time we have and if you wanted me to talk about them. Mm. But what you want to do is... There's, there are, there are eight people. So there's a sage, someone that's known you for a really long time mm-hmm. that knows you without all the, all the pretense that you give to the rest of the world. Sure. 
there's the motivator and that person holds you accountable, gets you organised. As a coach, a, co- a coach usually goes in there, but sometimes a, a really good friend who knows you that will hold you accountable can be in that role. A bystander, someone that's not in your work or not in your business that sort of talks to you about other things and helps you keep balance and keeps you interesting because mm-hmm. you start thinking about other things. The anchor, this person, I love the anchor, this person sees you as your possibility and speaks to your vision. Mm. So the business that you wanted to create right in the first place, this person doesn't let that go. It's a bit like the Statue of Liberty. She's holding up the torch and the anchor holds up the torch for your vision and doesn't (laughs) let it pass, which I think is great. The grounder is someone that gives you the reality. So most people's accountant or most people's spouse actually is their grounder talking to them about the reality, how much it's going to cost. We don't have the money for that. How many people are you going to need? You know, those sorts of things. Yes. Then there's the catalyst. And the catalyst is someone, there's two types. There's the positive catalyst who gives you an opportunity that's a bit like, you know, biting off more than you can chew and you're like, okay, all right, (laughs) and you have to sort of step up and grow and expand and learn a whole heap of stuff to actually even do whatever it is that's there. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side there's the negative catalyst who basically challenges you to a point where you turn around and go, I'm going to show them. Mm. You know, they can't say that about me or my life or my wife or my family or my business or I'm going to show them and you are in a negative way catalyzed to grow, to be more and develop and, Mm. you know, Can that be an either or, Jen, or? Sometimes some people have both happening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're on a rocket ship to enlightenment, these people, because they're just learning at such a rapid rate. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, the other thing too is some people go, I don't have a catalyst. And I'll say, well, is there anyone in your world, in your life, anywhere in your life that you just can't stand? You don't even like hearing their name. You don't even like hearing their voice. You don't even want to know what they know in a story. Mm-hmm. And lots of people just sort of nod and go, I've got one of them. I go, that's your catalyst. Yes. You can't you can't stand to be near them or with them. They There's something about them that you've got to come to grips with and learn so that you can grow. Yeah. You know, some of the streams, and I'm sure you get this too on, on Facebook and some of the other social media, they share, you know, don't listen to negative people and, and get positive people in your world, that kind of thing. And I love yeah. the way that you're saying, well, hang on a second, these people who may be speaking negatively could be a catalyst for you propelling yourself forward because it's kind of like, well, I'll show you. And you use that to really build impetus and, um, yeah. I love that. Well, you do, but the other thing that's there, and I talk about this a bit in my book too, is I am sick and tired of the disposable society. Mm. The people that are very successful and in in all the clients that I've worked with are the great, they don't discard people. They don't get rid of relationships just because someone said something that's hurt their feelings or they've done the wrong thing or they've been classic bad and wrong. Mm. If someone is upsetting you, challenging you, saying something you don't like, have a look at their intent and more often than not, they're actually saying it to you with your best interest at heart. Yes. Right? Mm. And give them some credit. If you talk the grounder, the person who's telling you how it's not going to work and how much money you're going to need and, you know, and all the facts and figures of why this isn't going to happen, imagine the courage that they actually have to have to tell you that knowing that you could be angry with them, not want to talk to them, not want to see them anymore, or or even remove them out of your life. Yes, for sure. 
And I it mean, kind of reminds anyone, me a little sorry, bit. Of, sorry, Emery. Yeah. Anyone listening on this call, if you've got anyone that is giving you the brutal reality of your world or of something that you want to be great, listen to them. Mm. It doesn't mean that they're right, but it's a perspective and a point of view that you must not ignore because if you do, you're going to go live off in Pollyanna fantasy land and you're never going to create the, the result you want because you've got to take the light side and the dark side for greatness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the grounder, as you're explaining more about that, it kind of reminds me of the realist, someone who you're going yeah. to share your vision with and then they say, yes, however, or yes, yeah. but, and then you look yeah. at all of those different things and when you find answers for them, because there are many, many products that are out on the market that have had millions of little gadgets made still sitting on the shelves because the dreamer, you know, the visionary thought about them. However, they hadn't put it past the realist, the grounder, to say, yeah. well, hang on, do we really need a fork that has a spiral on it to help us with our spaghetti no we don't really need that so yeah so each of these plays such an important part so I'm not sure what number you're up to I think you're up to number six so what are yeah, the other two so the next one is the scholar and the, the the scholar is someone that actually likes to kick ideas around that will actually take your your fork with a spiral on it mm-hmm. and actually look at all the options of that and the pros and the cons of that and then maybe come back to you and say, instead of a spiral on it, what if we did this? Mm. And the other thing too is with entrepreneurs and leaders, you know, we have this great idea, but the great idea is something that's usually come out of our head or seen to be developed from a problem. Mm. When you take it and run it past the scholar, they'll expand the possibilities of it. Mm. And they could actually make it even better or refine it because it's sometimes too big. They go, well, what if we chop that off? And they sort of prune the idea so that it's actually really concentrated and it's really good yes and then the last one is the enthusiast Mm -hmm. and just imagine you're going to your favorite football game or cricket or sporting match where you've got a whole bunch of avid fans that are dressed and painted their faces the color of of their team and that's what they are with you so you know yay Anne marie we think you're fantastic and no matter what's actually happening with you in your life whether Mm. you've had a bad day whether you've just had a major problem happen in the business or on the flip side whether you've actually created a massive achievement these people are going to be there rah rah we think you're fantastic (laughs) keep going this is fantastic and when you meet these people Unlike the grounder, well, the, where the grounder might say, okay, so what are you doing now? The enthusiast goes, what's happening next? Mm-hmm. What have you done? Tell me all about it. Oh, this is so exciting. You're so amazing. I wish I was like you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the consistent pat on the back and, you know, you're fantastic, yeah. which I think is this just so important. Okay, so that's great. So we've got the sage, the motivator, the bystander, the anchor, the grounder, the catalyst, the scholar and the enthusiast. Yep. So if we've taken time then to build all of those key relationships and we have people, each of those spots being filled, yep. what do you see are the common top challenges that may even cause some of these great eights to leave or maybe disconnect from our network? Great question. So the thing is that greatness is in, sort of greatness is in the house and then life being life, stuff will happen. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about this is that we are everybody's responsible for their life being great and everyone's responsible for managing to make sure that they've got these roles filled. 
So some of the big things that happen to people that cause the wheel to go out of balance is, for example, somebody that's in your grade eight might die. Mm. They might move away. You might move, right? You might get married. I mean, imagine it. There's someone that you've got your grade eight and and the, you, the person that you've married's got their grade eight and then you sort of smoosh together and there's friends that, that, you know, you might not see so much and there's new people and there's this new person that's taking more of your time. And yes. that impacts the, ba- the balance of the wheel. On the other side, again, the light and the dark, on the dark side, you know, you get divorced. So there's two people that have been together for a long time have shared some people in their world and so sometimes people pick sides or sometimes friendships get lost. So divorce ends up with some people having three or four people missing out of their wheel automatically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's stacks of them. There's, you know, the other, another one is um, either losing your job through retrenchment or getting a job. So when you get a job, you don't know anybody, you're in this whole new world, who do you trust, who do you talk to? you know, that will impact it at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, something that you said that was really interesting about how when we're working with our spouse, that often our spouse, we try and get them to fill other roles. And I'd imagine too, that this is really important that when we do lose someone, unfortunately, from our wheel, it's important that we don't kind of then get someone to fill a second spot or a third spot. It really is important for us to find someone new to fill that role that's now kind of become vacant, yes? Yeah, that was fascinating in that presentation when, you know, I asked the room mm. how many they had and there was one woman there and, her, you know, I was so, I was so grateful that she was so honest because, you know, this is a quite a personal and confronting conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, oh, look at this, my husband's four in my wheel. Yes. He's four of these roles. Now, as I said to her and everyone in the room and and to my clients, if we just look at a risk management perspective, you've got one person being four out of eight. If something happens to that person, they can't be there for you, you've got no support. Exactly right. And the other thing too is that, you know, I I lost my mum in 2010 to cancer and my mum was my sage. Right Now, lucky for me, I was working on this work and I had six and a half years to be with my mum and talk with my mum and get complete with her and also before she died Mm. have an opportunity to start thinking about who's going to replace this role for me, not who's going to replace my mum, but who's going to replace this role for me. And I actually talked to my husband, Simon, and I said to him, look, you know, when mum dies, would you mind... Would you mind supporting me in the way that mum did until I can find someone that really works for me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure. Now, you can have people come in that is in your grade eight to, to do another one. And it's what I call, sub. it's like being a substitute teacher at school. Yes. You know, there's the, the normal teacher's there, but the substitute's in because, you know, the normal teacher's away for a reason. So I say to people, you can substitute in another role. So you could be two for a period of time, but, you know, personally from experience with my clients, no more than six weeks. You know, you've got six weeks. It's like, you know, you're a recruitment agent at at your own company. (laughs) You've got six (laughs) weeks to find someone to fill in that. Now, you're not necessarily going to find the right one, but you can be on the lookout and I I actually think this probably should be a question, you know, how do you know what to look for to put someone in your wheel? Mm -hmm. And I'd say, look, if you're looking for an enthusiast because it's one of the easiest ones to describe, when you're going to a networking event or you're out at a social event, look for the happy, excited person. 
And are they happy and excited with you? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to be there talking about themselves. They're going to be interested in you. They're going to be asking you lots of questions. You know, they're going to be interested in your life. And if you can find someone that will talk to you and have that conversation with you, then you can start to adopt them into your wheel and spend a little bit more time with them to check to see are they really investing in me and would they be someone good for me to be around? Yeah, for sure. I think it's so important and for for people who are hearing this principle for the very first time and being aware that, hang on a sec, yes, I know that, you know, friendships and collegial relationships are important, but now actually saying, well, hang on a sec, in each of those people, they really do need to play an important part in your life, in your, your business, in these eight key areas. We now can be far more purposeful with the people we connect with and the, the, you know the relationships that we build and we may even see that oh I can see now why I'm relying so much on this person or vice versa maybe we recognize that someone in our circle is expecting us to be the enthusiast the motivator the grounder the catalyst all in one it's kind of like no wonder they I kind of feel drained when yeah. I'm in their, their presence and that's because hey they need to step back and look at other people inviting them them into their support network one person can't be someone's everything mm. because it doesn't work long yeah. term. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't it doesn't work long term. And you know, if I look at great relationships and marriages that have been going on a long time, yes, the infatuation and the love right at the start, you exclude everybody and it's just the two of you. Mm-hmm. But if you look at those two people over, you know, 20, 30, 40, and there were people at their seminar, I think that have been married almost 50 years, Yes, there's other people in their worlds for both of those two people. Mm-hmm. You cannot rely on someone. So if, if there is a listener out there that either is, as you said, you know, over-supporting somebody or has someone that they're supporting too much of, you need to pull it back because mm. you are not in balance. No. And I'm sure are not as joyful as what you could be, you know, to get more balance. It will mean that uh, you can have far more joy, less stress, and certainly um, being able to then step towards and achieving the level of greatness. Yeah. And and the other thing too is from a business leader point of view, everyone that worked with me wanted to be successful in their business, do the turnover they wanted and make the profit so they can have the lifestyle they wanted. Yes. If you want to have a business that turns over the turnover that you want and the profit that you want, you've got to have a clear head, you've got to have balance, and you've got to be able to make sound decisions. Now, as you grow your business from, you know, startup of a couple of hundred thousand up to a million, up to five and up to 20, you have to recalibrate yourself and your ability to see and deal with problems at whole new levels. And if you don't grow through this process and have people that are supporting you out in your personal world and in your business world and in your family and, you know, spiritually if you're a religious person or just in the community if if that works for you, then you've got to have all of this balance because there's no surprises if you look at the greatest leaders there are in the world in business. Mm. They've mastered all of these domains. They're not just good at business and have a rubbish family. They they don't just have a great family and have a, you know, a bad career. There's success leaves lots of clues and the best leaders and the best business people start having great community networks, great business networks, a great family network. They work on relationships for the long term and they've got a team of people that nobody knows about. But if you sat and talked to them, you'd find them where they actually share intimate 
views, emotions and feelings Mm. about their life, their challenges and ask for help on how to solve them. Yeah, so very important. Look, Jen, we could speak for hours on this. This is so very important and I'm sure many, many light bulbs have gone out on. People are having insights and ahas. So how can they find out more information about you and, of course, get a copy of your book, The Greatest Principle? Okay, well, there's uh, two websites. If you want to find out more about me, Jen Harwood, uh, the speaker and author and coach, jenharwood.com. That's pretty straightforward. And um, on the Greatness Principle book itself, it's being launched on the 23rd of October here in Australia, and that will be physical and the ebook version. So if you want to go to Greatness Principle, and that's spelled, they'll see that on the on the link, won't they? Yes, they'll certainly see okay. that on the show notes. <laughs> I don't need to spell that out. It's greatnessprinciple.com. And if you want to ask me any questions to, through my websites, you can you can send a question and I'm more than happy to answer it because I'm really interested in business owners and your audience in particular, Anne-Marie, getting the support they need so that they can create the great results that they want in their business and in their life. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jen. It's been um, incredible. I just loved speaking with you today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Well, there you go. The greatness principle and the key eight people that you need to have in your network. So that's the sage, the motivator, the bystander, the anchor, the grounder, the catalyst, the scholar and the enthusiast. So hopefully now you've done a bit of an audit and you can think, hmm, I know who I need to go out and find to add to my network today. And of course, go and check out a number of those websites that Jen made uh, today, jenharwood.com and also greatnessprinciple.com. You can go to the show notes today and all of the links are there. And that is at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES129. You can get all of those goodies there. Now, if you've liked today's show, why didn't you like it? You know, of course you'd like today's show. Lots of great ahas and insights as always. Why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our iTunes channel? Each and every week we have a new guest expert that shares their insights to help you take your business to the next level. All you need to do is go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. There's a link on the show notes. Click across there, subscribe. And while you're there, why don't you leave a comment, rate the show and share it with a colleague. And by doing that, by subscribing and leaving um, a comment and of course, rating the show, that also supports us in getting our message out there too, to as many ambitious entrepreneurs. So we really would appreciate that. Until next time, have a fantastic uh, week. And of course, you get out there, start doing your audit and finding those key people who you need and want to uh, join you in your network. Bye for now, everyone. listening to the ambitious entrepreneur show do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs both nationally and internationally i invite you to reach out and learn more about and customize sponsorship packages by emailing be a sponsor at ambitious network.com that's be a sponsor at ambitious network.com and we'll send you out further details
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.